Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a special episode. I have not done these for a while, but I wanted to do a review of Avengers Endgame. I uh, saw it recently. Sky got to see it spoiler-free. This will contain spoilers, so if you made it this far without spoilers, don't listen to this. This will contain significant spoilers, so shut this off now if you haven't watched the movie yet. So... Uh, I am going to go through three sections here I want to talk about, well, multiple sections, actually. Story, the action, the effects. I want to talk about my favorite moments and my least favorite moments. We will follow this up with Q&A, so if you want to ask those questions, submit those now, uh, and that should be a really great discussion. We'll try to do more of these, try to see more movies and do more reviews and talk about them with you. It's always a really, really fun time. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live, twitch.tv slash rage or just subscribe to the YouTube or the podcast places. So let's try to go through this relatively quickly here the story. Um, Obviously this was, I think, one of my biggest concerns about Endgame. I I know they can do great action. The cast is great. The special effects are awesome. The casting is arguably perfect. I don't know if they've miscast anybody. Honestly, this is some of the best casting I've ever seen. So I, I had confidence in that part of Avengers. You know, I've been following the MCU since you know, the very, very first movie. So that was never in doubt I was worried about the story I thought man oh man there's so many threads they're going to have to tie up and and bring together it might feel rushed I hope it doesn't feel shaky Okay, I actually felt like the pacing and the tone was exactly what we needed for something after Infinity War because Infinity War is kind of like that Empire Strikes Back kind of like blow to the gut one of the harder movies probably ever to finish watching it's just very unsatisfying very question mark very what the frick is going on you know you just introduced T'Challa you just had a you know uh, an origin story for Spider-Man and now they're breaking into dust and disappearing you know what in the frick uh, is going to be happening in the next movie so I was very impressed with the pacing and the tone of the story. The damaged characters and the arcs felt very genuine. It did not feel forced. Uh, Obviously, the sadness and and how damaged and broken they felt in Endgame. You know, you go from just how Natalia was so, you know, so loyal in staying at the compound and you had Cap trying to help people. I mean, Thor was a complete disaster, obviously. Uh, and then everybody else was just trying to work their way through it. And then, you know, I, Hawkeye really came into his own in this movie. He had some great scenes, great fighting, great action. I love the the damage that they did to his character arc. I always like, damaged characters make for more interesting people. You know, as Natalia says, I don't judge people by their worst mistakes. We could probably use more Natalias in the world. Uh, not judging people by their worst mistakes is like the antithesis of cancel culture and everything going on. So we need more heroes like Natalia in today's culture. Uh, but her, their interaction, her, her attempt to redeem him and bring him back, I thought was so well done. The story was very well told. Uh, the excellent writing um, Natasha, not Natalia. Frick, sorry. <laughs> Natasha, sorry, not Natalia. Um, I don't know why I was thinking Natalia. Probably because they called her Nat so many times. Um, Natasha, sorry. We need more people like her, in any case. Um, I thought the writing and the humor and the acting was actually better than expected. Something that these movies do uh, probably better than any other movies in this genre 
is they nail humor at the right moments and at the right time. So, so many movies, especially if you watch like The Last Jedi, like there's just, there's forced humor, there's forced comedy in so many movies and something that they do very, very well in this, like when Nebula says it was between you and a tree. Moments like that, like in the midst of battle, in the midst of chaos, they do such a good job like letting the viewer kind of come up for air and laugh and and have those good moments because uh, we knew it was there, there were serious things coming, there was going to be serious love. They weren't going to come out of the fight unscathed. Uh, so I thought they did an excellent job. One of the things they've always done with from beginning to now, they've always gotten the humor right. That was one of the things I think that brought Thor full circle for me in Ragnarok was the humor. His character wasn't so Loki. No, he wasn't so serious. It really brought him forward. I was actually genuinely blown away by how well they tied it all together. When I got until uh, when I got to the end sequence, when everybody starts appearing through all of the you know the Doctor Strange you know time portals, whenever that starts happening, I was just grinning ear to ear. My eyes were almost watering. I was like, "This is my generation Star Wars moment. This is the best cinema experience I'll probably uh, ever have because you know it's." It's, it's incredible. Um, isn't it both? Her real name is Natalia. She goes by Natasha. I thought he called her Natalia on the planet where they go uh, to get the soul stone. But th- th- again, that's maybe that's why I was calling her that. They all called her Natasha, but I thought that was her actual name. In any case, action and effects. This is one where I think it's easy to go too heavy on special effects, you know, rely too much on it. Uh, I thought they did an excellent job making it not feel fakey, green screeny. They've always done a good job in these movies, but obviously the scope and size of a battle like this, you can get a little lost in the special effects. I think this outdoes all the previous movies by a significant margin. Um, So... unquestionably uh, some of the best action sequences in all of the MCU the way they uh, the way they set it up I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought they did an excellent excellent job Uh, I think it's difficult to pull off large-scale battles where there's almost nobody there there's almost nobody really there uh, and I thought they did a very very good job it did it translated very 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 excellently now here at the tail end I want to go through, so I love the movie, 10 out of 10, thought it was amazing, I thought the story, the the way they pace it, the way they wrap things up, okay, I want to go through my favorite moments, but then I have some least favorite moments in the movie, everybody's going to have those moments uh, that really, really excites them, uh, and really, really, you know, gets them going, there was a couple things I thought that were kind of stupid, but I'm going to talk about those in a little bit, okay, favorite moments, by far, my absolute favorite moment was when Cap got the hammer, we all knew it had been foreshadowed, we knew in Age of Ultron, he got it to move a little bit, and I love Thor's response, Thor was, like, genuinely, like, excited, and almost giddy, he's like, I knew it, I love that scene, not only does he get to wield the hammer, but he whoops the tar out of Thanos, I mean, he goes toe-to-toe with him, one of my favorite moves is he throws the shield behind Thanos and then hits it with the hammer to cause the the massive like reverb from it and we that actually happens uh, in Avengers Assemble which I thought was really really good I mean they kind of went back to a move he sort of learned the first time he encountered Thor and they fought each other uh, so I thought that was an amazing moment you know he's, he's channeling the lightning people are like well how is he channeling the lightning how is he yielding it uh, wielding the, the hammer you got to go back and watch Thor when Odin puts the you know puts it whoever's worthy of the name Thor can wield this 
you know, this power that you got to go back to that. And the fact that if you watch Ragnarok, when Thor's like, I don't have my hammer and Odin basically tells him you didn't need it. It was merely a catalyst to the lightning and to the power that you have within you, meaning it's a catalyst to the ability to like wield lightning. So that's why Cap was able to do it. Tony's snap. Obviously, the biggest moment in the movie. I think, I, I unfortunately, I think Hulk's snap gets overshadowed. Hulk's snap ruins his arm, ruins him, and he's the one who brings everybody back. Uh, he's he's the one who snaps everybody back. And then Tony's snap was absolutely incredible. The, the way they timed it, the way that it happened, because he's like, I'm inevitable, and he's like, I am Iron Man. Like, that was so well done on paper. It might have looked corny, but in execution, absolutely chilling. So excellent. I mean, Tony's kind of the, the inaugural movie. He's been one of the central figures, so to have him be the one that that, that sacrifices himself for literally the, the universe uh, I thought was great. Um, and obviously, not strong enough to uh, to live through it. I thought Scarlet Witch's scene was phenomenal. I think she's cooler than Captain Marvel. I think she deserves more praise than Captain Marvel gets. I think people are gushing over Captain Marvel and Brie Larson, and they don't need to. I feel they have had phenomenal uh, female heroes up to this point who have been loyal and strong and and brave and have actual nuance and backstory and depth to their character. And Scarlet Witch was going to kill Thanos. In some respects, in that scene, she is, I mean, she is stronger than everybody else at that point. And she's, the line is perfect. Um... The line is so good. She's like, you've taken everything from me. He's like, I don't even know you. And she's like, you will. <laughs> I, the, the battle turns at that point. Uh, that battle turns at that point. And I think that that was so cool to see. They gave her an enormous amount of strength. Uh, and there's depth to the character. She's so damaged. She's so angry. She lost her brother. And then she lost, you know, vision. Uh, and and keep in mind, this isn't the first time she's shown off incredible strength. She is holding Thanos back in Infinity War while also destroying the Soul Stone at the same time. She's unbelievable. So She gets so overshadowed by a character that I think is so less interesting. I just don't find Captain Marvel nearly as interesting as the, 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 fem, the female heroes in the story up to now. Pepper Potts runs Stark Industries. She's loyal to Tony. She saves the day in Iron Man 3. She shows up in this one in the suit. She's the reason that he, he decides, you know, she's like, will you be able to rest? Like, she plays such a significant role and she again also gets overshadowed it's unfortunate but that was one of my favorite moments with Scarlet Witch her display of strength when Black Panther first walks out I think that was probably one of the few uh, times uh, Mind Stone not Soul Stone sorry Mind Stone not Soul Stone but when when uh, Black Panther first walks out I, I got that was probably the first time I got uh, emotional that was really really neat um, I feel like the connection between Cap and Black Panther is really cool. The way Cap runs really fast in Infinity War to catch up, uh, to be next to uh, T'Challa as they enter battle. Um, loved how they did that, uh, and I loved how he was the first one through. I thought that was really, really significant. Again, the role of Vibranium and the role of Wakanda in the MCU, them being the first ones in, I thought was pretty cool. Loved it. Um, yeah, the war chant, like just Wakanda in general, I think brings a really, really cool element to the story and a, and a really great vibe. And I was glad to see them to be the first ones through. 
Uh, so I, I could probably go on for forever about my favorite moments. There was probably even more than that that I'm forgetting. Uh, I did feel like they cheated a little bit. Tony's daughter looks like my daughter and the way they interacted. Very similar to how my daughter and I interact with teasing each other. Um, <laughs> I loved I loved their, uh, their chemistry, and that obviously made the ending very, very sad as a dad, right? Now, least favorite. Some of my least favorite things about this movie. Number one, I'm very, very disappointed as an enormous Hulk fan. Hulk gets sidelined for two movies. I mean, just absolutely sidelined. Um, he doesn't get to show up in Infinity War. You're always, you're waiting that entire time for a big Hulk moment, and it never happens. Uh, Thor probably has the biggest, you know, awesome time to show up moment in Infinity War when Thor comes through and has his new axe. But Hulk's just sidelined. Uh, and then in Endgame, it's just sort of like, what the frick is this? Like, it was, it was funny. I enjoyed the, the mixture of Banner and Hulk, but it was like, I thought what they could have done was when Hulk snapped everybody back, that could have been the catalyst for him going back to traditional Hulk. It could have broke the, the meld that he had achieved. It could have disrupted the meld between Banner and Hulk, and Hulk could have been absolutely ballistic for that last fight because of snapping instead of, like, busting his arm and being, like, all whatever at the end. It was just unfortunate. I just didn't like how they treated Hulk. Uh, it, it, it didn't, it didn't feel like they did him any justice. I missed him when they go back to New York, they go back in time and I saw him running around crushing stuff. I missed him. Um, and then I don't have a problem with strong female leads. I've been saying we need a Black Widow movie. Nebula is fantastic. Gamora all also well done. Um, I love the loyalty of Natasha. She stays at the compound. She's so sad. She's so broken. And yet her loyalty uh, and her goodness is just un- unwavering. So there's so many strong females in the, in the, in the MCU. I would love... I'm excited for the Scarlet Witch um, Vision-like spinoff. Because again, I think she is fantastic. So well acted and played and, and just not easy to like... Basically her powers are waving her hands and then they have to CGI everything in. Uh, so, but I could not stand, okay, I could not stand the girl power moment, I thought it was cheesy, I, I knew what they were doing, it took me right out of the movie, it took me right out, it was like, I, I know what you're doing, why are you doing this, why are you forcing this, why is everyone showing up, and we have to make sure, and Pepper Potts takes her helmet off, so we know it's Pepper, like, I have no problem with that, I have no problem with moments of heroism all the way across the board but it was so forced and again it was just I knew what they were doing it was like this is so immersion breaking to have this moment up to that point they were just sort of winging it you know it's like goes from Spider-Man then Black Panther's got it the the hammer throw to Spider-Man grabs on it's like flying Um, there was so much improvisation at that point uh, uh, it just wasn't needed. Again, I think it ruins some of the things that happen very close in proximity because because wh- another moment that I thought was really really cool and I liked it more after rewatching Infinity War when Captain Marvel is holding on to the gauntlet and keeping him from snapping. Okay, that's actually a parallel to a scene in Infinity War. 
Captain America does the exact same thing, and he's so strong, he's so, his brute strength is so strong, he shocks Thanos. Thanos is, like, kind of shocked when he's about to, like, almost, like, break his hand or the Infinity Gauntlet in Infinity War. It's, it's, it's actually a really cool moment. Thanos is, like, shocked. In that moment, he just punches him with his other hand, and Cap goes flying, okay? A parallel to that, Captain Marvel gets to do it, and then he tries to punch her, and she doesn't move that's cool that's a cool moment of like parallelism and like look how strong she is she's actually in in some respects stronger than captain america that was a neat parallel and it the leading up to that moment i think is kind of ruined by like the girl power uh moment um he tries to headbutt her i think he tries to hit her before headbutting her in any case it doesn't work he has to use an actual (laughs) he actually used to use the power stone he takes it out uh and uses the power stone to knock her back so all in all, I think it's a 10 out of 10 movie. I was happy with how they ended it. I loved I loved the way they did it. I loved the way that Doctor Strange was like, I can't tell you. That moment was so powerful where he holds up the finger and he's like, we've only got one shot. And Iron Man realizes what has to be done. Just beautifully told, so well woven together, such great action. So I give it a 10 out of 10. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'll try and do more of these. As always, if you're listening to this in all the way, all the locations, I appreciate that. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my review of Avengers Endgame. If you like this content, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, or stop by the Twitch channel. I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Uh, and if you are listening in all the other locations, please share it with people that you think might like it. I'll try to do more of these reviews. It's hard for me with kids to go to to see the movies when they first come out, but I definitely wanted to see this one. So let us jump right into the questions. Sweat says thoughts on professor Hulk. I was really let down on how we didn't get to see him change and do all of Hulk's rage. This was one of my least favorite things in the review. If you listen to my review, it was one of my least favorite things that they did. Uh, he's sidelined for two movies. Honestly, if you include Ragnarok, he's sidelined for like three movies. He's not, I mean, he's in Ragnarok in the beginning and it's cool, but it's like that he gets a cool fight with Hulk and then he sits around Mopey in his room, and then he's Bruce for the rest of the movie, until the very end where he fights the wolf. So it's like, even in Ragnarok, so he's he's sidelined for almost two and a half entire movies, right? Because in Infinity War, like, he kind of fights Thanos, and then he gets scared and doesn't want to come back out. I was really disappointed in that. Now, again, in my review, I said, they really could have let him loose, I think. After he snapped everybody back, they could have made an argument that the that the gamma radiation disrupted his mind meld of his of Bruce with the Hulk, and it could have turned him into a much stronger, much more volatile, insane, ragey Hulk. Um, but then it would have been like, how's he going to come down from that? You know, Natasha's dead, so I, maybe they didn't want to do that. Like, what do we do with him after that happens? Um, I don't know. They could. I don't know if they wanted to take him the World Breaker storyline just yet because uh, he gets he's stronger than Thanos at that point I'm fairly certain so I don't know I still feel like they could have done that um, or losing Natasha yeah the combination of Natasha dying and and the, the gamma radiation from the snap I don't know. They, they could they could have done more with him. Him being sidelined was was I was more disappointed with that than I was with the girl power moment. The girl power moment is just bad directing. Um, the the choice to sideline him isn't necessarily bad directing. They just maybe they felt that was necessary in the storyline. So 
Uh, Sweat says, I heard a rumor that there will be another Avengers movie. Do you think they're going to continue or take a break? I think they're done with bringing them all together. There's going to be some of the off off uh, side side stories and stuff. Um, I don't know what their plans are with Tom Holland because I think he's the best Spider-Man we've ever got and probably ever will get. I don't know if you can do better a better job than he has done with Spider-Man. His interpretation of Spider-Man is literally perfect. Um, now you've got you've got Falcon as Cap now, and Bucky, I guess, is is just going to continue being the Winter Soldier. But and then you could have the birth of another Iron Man through the kid, the kid that shows up at the funeral, the kid from Iron Man. Which one is that? Is that two or th- it's three? Iron Man three. Um, I like Sam being Cap. I think he's better than Bucky. I think Bucky needs to be a little bit more uh, free to be a little on the gray of doing right and wrong. I think you want him to be a little bit more free. Uh, and that I th- that I think works better. So I know people were kind of upset because they like they foreshadowed Bucky being um, Cap in the very first movie where he's one of the only he's the first person to hold the shield except for Peggy. Uh, and that that was like some foreshadowing. I like it going to Sam though. I think it's a better fit. Sam's more pure. Sam has the essence and the spirit of Captain America more than Bucky does. So. I like him being, yeah, the White Wolf. But he's going to be with, I think I think it's going to be, they called it, you know, Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier or the White Wolf or whatever, that sh- series that they're going to do. It's probably going to be Captain America is what they're going to end up calling it because it's going to be the new, the new era of Captain America with Sam. Now, I don't know if they're going to do something to Sam to give him, like, the injections to make him strong like Cap. Cap is unbelievably strong. He's as physically strong as Captain Marvel because, again, I said that was a parallel. Him holding the gauntlet and o- almost overpowering Thanos takes Thanos by surprise. Like, the pure, raw strength of Captain America, without that, I wonder what they'll do with the storyline because I thought that was... I mean, those are some of the best moments. Those are some of the best moments. And I, I like how they basically decided they needed to write they needed to write um, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. out. They, they're done. They're like, they're gone. They're not in the storylines anymore. But they left everybody else. I mean, Thor gets on the ship with the Guardians. Captain Marvel, they could do a couple more movies with. Hulk, who knows what the frick they're going to do with him. He's Professor Hulk now. Um... And then you got Hawkeye, you got Nebula, you got Wakanda, you got Ant-Man, you got War Machine. Like, there's still tons of people around they could use. Um, it wasn't his strength, it was Cap's willpower that caught Thanos off guard, according to the writers. I don't, no, I don't agree with that. He's He is holding him back. He is actually, like... Be, he is strong enough to hold to hold him back. I don't think it was his willpower that took Thanos by surprise. Thanos Thanos isn't even thinking about that at that moment. He's surprised that he can, he with he's surprised that this little guy is holding him back, and then he just hits him. Um, so I think that's I think that's a total injection that doesn't make sense in the scene to say it was his willpower. Um, Major glory. Were you expecting more character deaths than what transpired? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I was glad that they made it hurt. Losing Tony hurts. I mean, that's a, that is a, that's a heck of a, a a death. 
and losing Natasha, like that doesn't that doesn't feel good. You're not like, oh, no big deal, you know? Like if if Nebula would have died, if War Machine would have died, you'd be able to shrug that off a little bit more, right? Even if Hawkeye would have died, I don't think you would have, you know, you don't you don't see him as much. But the 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 amount of uh, the amount of time that Natasha's on screen, she's holding the line at the, at the compound. She is enduringly faithful and good. Um, her dying sucks. I mean, it does. Technically, Nebula died. No, not technically. No, she didn't. The past Nebula that got brought into the future died, but present Nebula was fine. She didn't technically die at all. That was a that gets a little hairy, right? Nebula's fine. She didn't technically die. They brought them into the future, which is why it doesn't mess with the timelines. Because Thanos is no longer in the past. He got pulled into the future and died there. And all that fixes all the past timelines when they put all of the, the stones back. Because he got pulled out of his own timeline. Um... Sweat says, does Thor joining the Guardians mean he's going to be continuing with them? Somebody in chat said that Hemsworth said, um, Hemsworth said, uh, yeah, that's fine. Questions like that. Um, yeah, questions like that are fine, Mel. Somebody in chat said, um, that he, Chris, he wants to continue playing Thor. So I would think. I th- I don't know. I feel like after I feel like after Ragnarok, um, th- I think he probably fell more in love with playing Thor. It's more of a fun character now. He was so serious in the first two Thor movies, and Loki, no, and and you know, I Ragnarok brought him brought him down to a really fun level, um, and he fits in with the Guardians. The freaking comedy is just on point. The the moment. Okay, so one of my favorite sequences in all of the movies is the moment in Infinity War where they they introduce the Guardians and they're singing that song, right? And uh, Quill is singing and Drax is asleep. Gamora is singing along. That shows some, like, assimilation. Like, she's a lot more like Quill now. And then I am Groot. Everyone's like, whoa! (laughs) And Drax is like, Wow. There is so much subtlety from that point to the time that Thor leaves with Rocket. That entire sequence is one of the best written, best acted sequences in the entire MCU. Like, from that point on, from the time that you see Quill singing the song uh, Rubber Band or whatever, to the point that Thor leaves and says, you know, farewell morons, that entire sequence is just phenomenal. And Thor brings a new element to the comedy. So I hope they do way I hope they do a couple more movies with him and the Guardians cuz I the, I think the chemistry is freaking perfect. It's so it's so well done. So well done. Uh Iron Skeptic. Movie's obviously amazing, but I kind of had an issue with Tony being able to make an Infinity Gauntlet. I felt like a big point of the Infinity War was Thanos needed the dwarves to build him a gauntlet as well as the gauntlet mentioned several times in other movies. Obviously, this was a minor quibble, but it did bother me a bit. Thoughts? I'll say this. It had to be built first in order for Tony to replicate it. We know that 
the material and and what Tony has built his suit out of is is very very strong and you know it can endure a lot and I think that it being built first creates enough of a thread for me that he could he he could replicate what was already built what had, what had already been made um not only did he build the gauntlet, he was able to have the stones on his hand without dying. Really unbelievable from what we know of the stones. I mean, I think I I think Tony surviving makes sense though. He's not necessarily surviving. From the moment they get in there, he's dying. If you pay close enough attention, I've seen it twice. I'm fairly su- certain from the moment those stones lock into place in the gauntlet, he's already dead, basically. There's no way he's going to survive. The power's coursing through him. He's toast. He's dying from that point. And I think that they would argue that he's... It's it's his it's his, his willpower, like his desire to beat Thanos is what keeps him alive long enough to snap his fingers. Um, it didn't seem to hurt Tony when he initially put it on. Um, I heard him like crazy when he had the stones. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I, it, Tony, Tony's they they have him. He kind of played by some different rules. He gets impaled by his own sword in Infinity War, and he doesn't. You know, he just kind of sits there. Um, he goes toe to toe with Thanos, and he he, he he's one of the first people to uh, to actually draw blood <laughs> from Thanos. And Tony does a really good job if you actually... Somebody put together a pretty cool sequence showing um, how much he adapts movie to movie. How much he adapts movie to movie and and creates new technology every time that they need something stronger. Uh, Like the nanotech he shows off at the beginning of Infinity War in the street. Um, So, he's Iron Man. That's the point, right? He's the one that had to do it because he's like, I'm inevitable. And he's like, I am Iron Man. You're done. And then, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You're, you're, you're watching a comic book movie. So sometimes there's people that just, they get to break the rules. They just, they're so, they're so enduring and strong that they, they get to break the rules. And they let Tony, they let Tony kind of break the rules a little bit. So... Uh, opinions get you banned with Chris Hemsworth reportedly signing a new contract with Marvel where do you see him going a new Thor series no he's got, I think they'll put him with Guardians I think they'll put him with Guardians I think they're gonna do Um, they could do a couple Guardians movies okay they could do a Guardians movie where they're looking for Gamora and they could do a Guardians movie like let's say they get Gamora back after that they could do a Guardians movie where they have to deal with Loki because Loki's Loki's probably gonna make a return uh, from his timeline, because he gets to break out. Um, so I think they're going to have him with Guardians. I think they'll do a Search for Gamora movie, and then they'll do a Fight Against Loki movie, and that would maybe be the end of Guardians. That would be weird, though, to do four Guardians movies. So, as Guardians of the Galaxy is a possibility, too. Yeah, yeah, they could rebrand it. So they could do a they could do a Guardians of the Galaxy 
that's the third one to, to wrap that one that's a trilogy at that point where they search for Gamora maybe once they get Gamora back things change Loki makes a return and then they have to rebrand it as Guardians of the Galaxy and maybe some Asgardians come with them and things change the dynamic of the group changes I don't know they could do a lot with that um, they are doing the Loki show but the Loki show could have tie-ins to the movie like they could do an entire season that then leads up to the movie I don't know there is suppo- there is a Loki TV show that is supposedly coming. Uh, Major Glory. Uh, in the comics, there is a super heroine team of Avengers called A-Force. Do you feel all the, the all-women scene was Force, and if so, done badly in your opinion? In my review, if you, if you, you probably asked this question before I did my review, that's one of my least favorite scenes. And keep in mind, this is somebody that I love Wonder Woman... Uh, I promote all the the, the, the the strong female heroes to my daughter because she she loves the guys. I'm like, there's really strong women too. Um, I actually think there are far more interesting storylines of heroism within some of the female leads in the stories up to this point. Pepper Potts, Natasha, Gamora. Uh, they're 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 so enduring. They're so strong. That scene wasn't necessary. And my issue with it isn't that you can't have cool scenes with women. That's, that's, I would never argue for that. You guys have watched me enough to know that I would never argue for something so stupid and narrow, but it took me out of the movie. It was a bad direction, directing decision because it was immersion breaking. I was like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. This is some girl power scene. We don't need this. You had so many good scenes up to that point. Natasha's sacrifice, unbelievable. Nebula and and Gamora working together. Nebula shooting Gam- Nebula. Nebula shooting Nebula. Um, Scarlet Witch basically being stronger and is going to kill Thanos by herself. Amazing. And then you have good scenes with with Marvel, Captain Marvel. Even if you don't like her, her coming into the atmosphere and the ship turning all of its guns towards her and her wrecking that ship and then her being able to like you know withstand how strong Thanos is she was fine we didn't need some scene also it's awesome that they all kind of come back and they have their own thing like Pepper Potts is coming back she's in her own suit you got Wasp coming back her and Ant-Man are working together you know Okoye uh, is there with Black Panther and uh, his sister's name is Shuri like there's plenty there's plenty of stuff going on. You don't gotta manufacture some weird like girl power moment. It just wasn't needed. I you know? And again, somebody's like, oh, they did it in Infinity War. And I'm like, yeah, but in Infinity War, it was just more natural. Okoye and 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 Black Widow were fighting together, and Scarlet Witch comes down to help, and then they're all kind of together fighting. It didn't feel forced. It felt like it just kind of happened. And in this one, it was like somebody announced, like, paging all the women, please. Paging women. Could we get you over here to help Captain Marvel? Quiet on the set. And then they all go rushing over. And it's like, in the middle of this huge battle, like, I don't know. Now, somebody might say, well, it was the focal point. The gauntlet was the focal point. And I'm like, okay, but then where's everybody else at that point? You know, it just, again... My issue with it is from a directing standpoint. It was immersion breaking and it took me out of the movie. I was suddenly jarred out of the scene. Everything was magical up to that point. The portals open, everybody comes out. I'm like, oh my gosh, my eyes are almost watering. I'm having like this emotional experience. I'm like, this is my generation Star Wars. This is unbelievable. This is the best experience I'll probably ever have in a cinema. And then all of a sudden that scene happens. And I'm like, what the frick? Like, like, it yanked me right out of the story. 
yanked me right out of it. So, and why was Mantis there? <laughs> yeah, what's she going to do? Uh, Dan Papa, opinion on time travel. They literally messed up real theoretical and quantum physics for this. They should be in a never-ending time loop because they return the stones. No, not true. Because they, Thanos made the mistake of following them into the future. He made the mistake. As soon as he does that, right? As soon as he does that, his timeline doesn't continue. Does that make sense? His past timeline diverges and gets yanked into the future, and then they all get disappeared. That that's the end of Thanos's timeline. That's the end of that 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 entire force of evil. They're done. So when he followed them into the future, he messed he actually messed his own timeline up by doing that. Cuz he basically takes his timeline and permanently permanently routes it toward an eternal the demise like they snap them and they're gone. So it it actually I don't know. I I think they did a I think they did a fine time with it. Only in that timeline Yeah, but they they reversed what Thanos did. And then Thanos, the past Thanos that had not yet done it, gets snapped. And it's over, right? I don't know. How do you give back the Soul Stone? Yeah, I don't know how to give back the Soul Stone. See, there are a lot of people thought if they went back and gave back the Soul Stone, that would have brought back Natasha. Like, where is she? And that could be something that's going on. Maybe maybe she is going to have her own stand apart movie and that's how they bring her back because restoring the soul stone could potentially bring her back or something I don't know um presumably there's an infinite number of timelines I mean the way the sorceress supreme explained it is once they were all put back her movie's a prequel oh that's a bummer um once all of them are put back it it, it reestablishes time it fixes it. So, I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with the way they did the time travel. As soon as I realized that Thanos left his timeline, his timeline is permanently done then. He doesn't have any of the stones. His timeline of searching for the stones doesn't get to continue because he leaves and comes into the future. That cuts that timeline. It's done. Like, the timeline, that issue is resolved by him coming to the future. Because if he would have stayed in the past, right? If he would have stayed in the past, he always could have found a way to, like, basically figure out that, oh, wait a minute, these guys mess with time, and that's why I can't get the stones now. But the fact that he leaves, that's done. That that, that loops his timeline into a, 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 a loop. Not even a loop. It takes his timeline to a dead end. So, um, Sebastian Stan said Black Widow will take place in the time between Civil War and Infinity War. Oh, I think they could give her a couple of movies. I think she was fantastic. A lot of people, I don't know people that, there's people that don't like her. I think she's great. I thought she did such a good job. So, Commander Tyke. Do you think that Avengers should have known how to get the Soul Stone and sent someone that really wants to give their life for the stone or as it was in Endgame? They didn't know how to get the Soul Stone. I mean, well, 
the only people that knew about how to get the soul stone would have been Nebula and Nebula didn't say anything um Nebula didn't say anything Quill knew Iron Man knew Spider-Man knew and Drax and so only the only people there would have been Nebula and Tony that would have known Nebula might have no she knew because she says it in Infinity War she's like he went to get the Soul Stone and he didn't come back with Gamora um Nebula didn't know yeah no she says it in Infinity War she says it she's the one that pieces it together for Quill in Infinity War Nebula's the one who basically says he got the Soul Stone and he came back without Gamora He's like, he, she basically pieces it together for Quill, which leads to Quill punching Thanos. Nebula 100% knew, which means Tony knew, because Tony was there. She just knows that he killed her? Ah. Uh, she says it to her past self? Yeah, she says it in Endgame. She says he basically sacrifices you for the stone. She says it. She says it to Gamora. Um, so... Nobody told Black Widow and and uh, and, and Hawkeye that's what's, what's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> the only people that could have told him would have been Tony and Nebula. And I think Tony probably just was like, this is necessary. Or did they just got caught up in the planning that they didn't think about it? You know, maybe they thought they'd be able to get it another way. You know? Nebula was tasked by Thanos to find the Soul Stone. Yeah. Major Glory. Do you believe that the anticipation for the past 10 years and 22 movies has fostered, can be reached again? Oh, um... I mean, it'll be really, really difficult. Because you've taken, um... Gamora was tasked? Yeah, Gamora was tasked, not Nebula, because Gamora found it and burned up the thing. Not, Not Nebula. Gamora was the one that was tasked. Um... They knew that the best sacrifice was one of the two people without any powers. Yeah, it does seem interesting that they sent people that don't actually have powers. Yeah, that's true too. Um, I don't know if you could ever do this again for a couple of reasons, okay? Number one, these are all of the main characters. There's nobody more center stage than Captain America and Iron Man and Thor and... I mean, even when you get into the fringes, Hawkeye and Black Widow and Ant-Man and War Machine, you, there's, there's just literally no way. I mean, these are, there's nobody really, there's nobody really left to make movies about there. I mean, there could be, but these are center stage characters. These are the icons, Spider-Man. I mean, these are the iconic, you know, characters within this, 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 Universe, so I don't know who you would pivot to now. DC could really recover over the next couple of years, and unfortunately, they wasted the best, per- most perfect looking Superman and Wonder Woman. I mean, they are perfect looking for those roles. It's a shame to have them wasted. Um, and and as much as pe- people like and don't like uh, Hawkeye, uh, uh, Aquaman, Aquaman looks right so. DC could get there, but I just, I don't know. I think DC struggles because DC, they're almost like standalone characters. Batman's Batman, Superman, Superman. Like, they're kind of standalone. Marvel 
at least especially in this universe and even in the X-Men, they all come together and it adds a more epic thread to the storytelling. So, I don't know if they could do it again. Uh, Mustache says, Do you think the radiation from Thanos' initial snap affected some of the remaining population of humanity, accelerating their evolutions and prematurely unlocking the X-Gene? This would make sense of how Wanda and Pietro were the only survivors of Strucker's uh, strikers experiments with the Mind Stone because they had a dormant X gene, but Thanos didn't do an official. S- no, that doesn't that doesn't make sense in the timeline because Thanos's initial snap gets rid of Scarlet Witch. So Wanda and her brother they survive. Thanos hasn't even shown up yet. Nothing. Nothing has happened. They basically. In, in Age of Ultron, they established the fact that they survived the experiments because they are so driven and so motivated because of what happened to their family. Is this, is basically what... It's what Ultron kind of pulls out of the, the story. Um, They were already enhanced. They were already mutants at the first snap. And then she disappears and her brother's dead anyway at that point. He dies in Age of Ultron. So, I would, uh, I don't know. Wanda and Quicksilver are Magneto's children? Well, they don't establish that in the storyline, so, I mean, I don't know. Wait, are, are you guys, are we talking about different people then? Wanda and Pietro? Isn't that, that that's not... Wanda and Quicksilver. The, the, he's talking about the guy, the guy and the girl in Age of Ultron, isn't he? Wanda is her. They can't now. Oh, he's Quicksilver. I was thinking that somebody else was Quicksilver. Okay, same people. Right? Did, did they ever call him Quicksilver? I didn't think they ever called him that in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that. A lot of people said that, that they could reset the mutant world with the snaps in general, basically saying that it put the radiation out into the world, leading to mute, mutations and mutants. Um, I this, the, the trailers for Dark Phoenix look so good. I'm like, just keep using these people. But again, they could do the alternate timeline multiverse thing. Um, they didn't own the rights to X-Men during that movie. Yeah, that's why they had to call them Enhanced, and they didn't use those names. Uh, Hondog, how do you feel about the Loki movie and the director saying he's alive? Well, I mean, he he gets he gets away in the past. He gets a new timeline because of that. That's not what happened originally. Originally, Loki ends up imprisoned, and then ends up out, and then ends up getting choked and dies. That's his storyline, okay? But he doesn't die. He he gets he gets the uh, the tesseract. He gets an alternate timeline now. Right? He steals the tesseract and disappears. So he now gets a brand new timeline that doesn't lead to him dying at the hand of Thanos. Because he doesn't end up imprisoned in Asgard, which means he doesn't end up getting broken free, which means he doesn't end up in uh, he doesn't end up in charge of Asgard while Thor is gone which is in Ragnarok like where they they end up in you know they all they they both end up uh where Thor is fighting like that none of that happens if he gets away with the Tesseract um 
So, he now has his own timeline to play with. So. Which could mean that Odin isn't dead? Yeah, that would change that storyline, wouldn't it? Unwit says, Is it just me or did Hulk feel like he wasn't even in the movie? Biggest part was that he had a finger snap. Uh, yeah, we, we already went through this. I don't want to revisit it too much. That was one of my least favorite things. He gets sidelined for basically two and a half movies. He's only in about half of Ragnarok as Hulk. And then he's completely sidelined in Infinity War, except for like one little, one like 30 second fight with uh, Thanos at the beginning. And he gets beaten so badly, he gets like scared into never coming back out. The Kraz says, did you cry? I got emotional. I don't know if I like actually cried. Getting emotional and getting a little teary eyed isn't quite the same as crying. But like, again... Tony's daughter really reminded me of my daughter. She looked a little bit like my daughter. They interacted in the way, you know, that my daughter and I do, like at bedtime and putting her to bed and um yeah. It was it was very it was very well done. I got emotional, uh, you know, and my eyes got teary. I mean, I shed tears, but crying and getting like a little weepy, I think are different. So I definitely got, uh, I definitely got a little weepy. You tell her I love you 3000. No, I'm not going to steal that line. I got my own things that I say to her. Uh, just got lucky. Do you think Falcon deserved to get Captain America's shield? I feel it should have gone to Bucky. We dealt with this in the in-between, but I want to give my answer here. I think Sam is more pure and, and he has the same spirit that Captain America has. So he should take the shield. Bucky's too... He's, he's a little too tainted, gray, on the bubble. He's not pure. There's a purity to Steve Rogers. There's a purity to Sam. Um, so I think it made more sense to go with Sam. Sam is is like Cap. They're similar. They have that purity, that loyalty, that soldier is there. And Bucky's not that anymore. And Bucky's so good as the White Wolf, as the Winter Soldier. I think they just need to leave him like that. I think he's perfect as that, you know, chaotic. He's chaotic good. You know, he's a little like, oh, we don't know what this guy's going to do. Um... And I think he's better suited in that way. Sam just feels more more pure the way Steve is. Because if you go back to the mythology of Captain America, go to the original movie where Tommy Lee Jones thinks they should pick the biggest, the fastest, and the strongest. And the doctor basically says, whatever is there will be magnified. If it's cruelty, if it's kindness, whatever it is, this, this serum will make it stronger. So Cap's, if you think about, I could do this all day. The spirit of Captain America is so is so strong already before he gets the serum. That's one of the reasons he's just so insanely strong from that point on. Like there's so much of a, there's brute strength and willpower banging on all cylinders. And I just think Sam is closer to that in personality and in spirit than Bucky. So they foreshadowed Bucky holding the shield. I think that's why a lot of people wanted to see him get it. It just made more sense for it to be Sam at that point. Um, Black Panther called Bucky the White Wolf in Infinity War. Yeah, he's referred to at least twice as the White Wolf. Um, and they hint, they hint about him in... Uh, they, there's a hint about him in the Black Panther movie. Um, she says something about fixing up another white boy or something. They hint about now. Now you should know he's there. 
Because at the end of the movie, it, it the, the extra scene is that you know he takes Bucky to Wakanda um, and leaves him there. And T'Challa's like, if they want to come and get him, let them try. So you know he's there. And then in the Black Panther movie, they make a reference to him. Sure, he says something about fixing up another white boy or something. Um, there's a little bit of a line there to make to make it clear that like they fixed him up. And then obviously in Infinity War, they say something like it's time for the White Wolf to to let out the White Wolf or something. Uh, the Kraz. About a month ago when the Star Wars trailer dropped, you said no matter how big Endgame is, the last Star Wars will be bigger because it spans generations. Do you still feel that way after seeing Endgame? I mean, yo, what's good, Lemillion? Um... Star Wars still has the potential to blow all the records out of the water for a few reasons. Star Wars does span generations and cultures, I think, in a greater way than the Avengers movies do. Um, So I think there's potential for Star Wars to be bigger. I do. Because it's the culmination of not 10 years, it's the culmination of a saga that started in the 80s. Um... The only thing working against Star Wars at this point is it doesn't have a good lead-up. Avengers had a great lead-up. Infinity War was like, holy frick, what a lead-up. What a great movie. What a blow. What a question mark. What the frick is going on? Um, I think Star Wars has a chance, but I think its chances are diminished, if anything, by The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi was like... I think it just is 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 going to be one of the only reasons. It, if it doesn't happen, um, so that'll be why. Endgame did not do great in Asia. Star Wars can do that. Right, you see what I'm saying? I feel like Star Wars spans cultures and generations in a way um, that Marvel, uh, Marvel doesn't. But again, I think Endgame was set up much better by all of its precursors. Uh, Rise of Skywalker has the potential to be not as draw not have as strong of a draw because people are like uh. but you gotta remember something there's an entire generation that knows the name Skywalker because of Luke Skywalker and that generation is gonna be like this is it this is the end this is the rise of Skywalker this is the culmination of all these movies um, that has the power I think to, to jettison Star Wars into another stratosphere of money and of and of success, um, but we'll just have to wait and see, because Endgame was just so much better served by Infinity War. Infinity War really really set things up well for people to just go nuts for the final movie because it was like you spend ten years with the franchise, Thanos snaps his fingers, and some of your favorite people they just introduced Spider Man, they just introduced Black Panther, and they're gone. They're 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 dust. So, and I love the foreshadowing. If you watch Infinity War, T'Challa says, "All Thanos will find here is blood and dust." And it's like, "Yep, that's all he ends up finding is blood and dust." It was a little bit of uh, maybe not intentional, but it felt like foreshadowing to me. Uh, Zorian Tasuna says, "What do you think about the choice of not having an end credit scene, but just the hammering sounds?" I think they needed to do that to make it clear. This this chapter's closed. There's other things that are going to happen, but we're not going to we're not going to hint at that. It was basically a this chapter's closed. Iron Man is dead. Cap is now a different Cap. Um, so 
Star Wars always does terrible in Asia. All Marvel movies have done well in Asia. Maybe he said it backwards then evil. Maybe he meant to say that Endgame did well and Star Wars can't do that. I'm not actually sure. Maybe he meant to say it the other way around. Uh, Romanian Czar says, what did you think about the moment between Tony and Doctor Strange before the snap? It was, it was just right. It was just right. Because basically, Doctor Strange was like, if I tell you, it won't happen. And it was like, at that, um, uh, at that moment, at that moment, when, when Strange holds up the finger, he's basically saying, we got one shot at this. And I think that was the, that was the softest way he could say, this is our only shot. You're our only shot, basically. (laughs) It's like, you know? So... Sweat, yeah, girl. No, thank you. <laughs> so, if you're listening to the audio version, my cute little daughter just called from the top and said, "Papa, do you want a coke?" Um, <laughs> adorable. How does Thanos end up getting his ship through when Nebula only had enough time travel juice for one trip? Sorry, forgot the name. Possible reverse engineering. Uh. She is an a- she's basically like an advanced, you know, person slash robot slash AI, kind of. So I guess she just like sticks her fingers in there and just figures out how to open the portal, the PIM particles. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't actually know. Because it says something about opening the portal, and then it just, like, flies through. They don't really explain that. Um, didn't she have a second PIM tube in her hand? They reverse-engineered it. Yeah, she could have used the extra PIM particles Cap had Tony got in the past. They grabbed a ton more. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like they... Hank Pym was alive in Thanos' timeline, so Thanos could have gone to Earth to get Pym particles. Yeah, but they don't they don't show you that. She just opens it up and they come flying through. Um I thought Strange was telling Tony that he only needed one stone to stop the full snap. Tony decided to grab all of them. No. No. The one when Doctor Strange is saying one. He's referring to the narrative of we we own there's only one timeline there's only one way we beat him out of 14 million or whatever. He meant this is it. We got one chance. He wasn't talking about one stone. We're allowed spoilers. Yeah, it's been a month. Full denial. Why does no one acknowledge the fact that the rat saved the universe by stepping on the panel and let Ant-Man out? It really bothers me. Okay, so <clears throat> I saw M-Tash complaining about the moment where Quill punches Thanos and upsets the whole process in Infinity War. And I agree with him. I think that's a stupid plot point. I think they did not need to have Quill punching Thanos. Thanos could have gotten really angry at Quill being accusatory and bringing up Gamora. And by bringing up Gamora, he would have provoked Thanos to being so angry that he breaks the mind meld thing with uh uh what's her face um mantis he breaks the mind meld with mantis and then 
gets free. They didn't need to have Quill punch Thanos. Quill still could have been the catalyst to setting Thanos free without turning into a 10-year-old tantrum-throwing idiot. And then I saw somebody say that and the rat were, like, two of the things that they didn't like. And I was just kind of like, why is that a problem? Right? Anakin Starkiller with 27 months, thank you. And Pirate Steve with 9 months, I might have forgot to thank you for years. Thank you for your resub. Um, Think about it like this. Think about it like this. Out of 14-something billion or million possibilities, I think it's at 14 million, Doctor Strange looks at like 14 million possible, you know, future potential realities, and there's one where they win, okay? Well... In that one where they win, there's a stupid rat climbing around that sets Ant-Man free, and by setting Ant-Man free, sets off a chain reaction of events where, you know, Ant-Man realizes they can travel in, in time and go back. Um, 14,605. Yeah, so there's clearly, there is clearly one out of 14 million where a chain of events is set off by just stupid happenstance, you know? I'm not gonna say it wasn't cheesy, but how else do you bring Ant-Man back from the quantum realm with the people that were supposed to bring him back completely dusted? Now, they what they could have done is to make it a little less um, a little less cheesy is maybe the guy running the storage unit is poking around or putting the stuff away and when he puts the stuff away he bumps it and it sets Ant-Man free. Even that ain't much different. It's still an accident. It's still somebody or something accidentally bumping a button that brings him back, that sets off a chain of events, that from that point on, they they, they now have a solution to go back in time. So, couldn't that logic be used to defend Star-Lord as well? But no, because as a character, Quill is impulsive and angry but he's not stupid like he's actually pretty smart he's good at planning he's like my plan by the way he's like this this whole thing my idea by the way that whole thing like it was it was clearly inspired by the that elaborate fighting in guardians you know thing um he is pretty stupid though I don't know. I think in that moment, in that moment, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't feel properly paced. Um, I don't know. Shoot first, ask questions later. Uh, I feel they could have had him be the catalyst by being distractive, by being distracted, and being so focused on Gamora that he basically sets Thanos free by making Thanos angry, and it would have still had the you know same thing. Quill made a cognizant choice. Throughout, was just doing his thing. Yeah, he's been—he's shown that he has trouble controlling his emotions. Nah, I guess agree to disagree. I just felt like it didn't fit. It felt—it felt overblown. Um, so, TTV uh, crucify. Do you think they tied up the characters well at the end with Tony dying, Cap getting old, and passing the mantle to Sam? Is there anything you would have liked to see done differently? I would have liked to have seen Hulk get his arm fixed um, or not be left in such a weird state. He was the only thread that I didn't like. I didn't like that they just kind of left Hulk just jacked up. Um, I I don't know. That, that was disappointing. Everything else I was fine with. The passing of Asgard. The passing of Asgard to... Um, oh, shoot. What's your face? 
then, you know, Ant-Man and Wasp getting back together and his daughter, you know, they tied up a lot of those threads just perfectly fine. Um, pension, uh, the Russos mentioned that Hulk is permanently damaged. They kind of hinted at a new, yeah, Valkyrie. Hinted at a new Iron Man? Yeah, a little bit with the hammering at the end and the kid being there. Opinions get you banned. What are your thoughts on Splinter, the rat, being the catalyst that saved the universe? Uh, yeah, we just talked about that. Uh, the Trill, Trillas says, do you think someone will take Tony's place as Iron Man? I think it would be the kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah, I think they've, they they hinted that that's something that they may end up doing. Um, and Spider-Man in Far From Home says we need another Iron Man. Um, and they're, you know, hinting that it's going to be him. Not being Iron Man, but like being the next big hero. Um, would love to see a little bit more of Peter post-snap than him just going into school. Yeah, but I mean, his movie's next, so it's kind of like, eh, they could kind of leave it. They could kind of leave it. They didn't need to do much more than that. Uh, Doug Trocity uh, says, what do you see as the next leader of the new Avengers? The trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home uh, hints at Spider-Man becoming the leader, but I don't think he's ready to fill the shoes of Iron Man. No, I don't think he could be the leader for the Avengers. I think it would need to be um, it would need to be Sam or War Machine. Maybe Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel doesn't like staying on Earth though. So I would think he would just have it be Sam. Uh, I I think when Spidey is saying that in Far From Home, it's more about it's more about we need we need a symbol we need somebody that is strong and fighting back and it needs to be you everybody else has got their stuff going on so um mark says do you think that the film producers and directors will do new avengers movie but with an all female cast i don't think so i don't see a real reason to do that um i don't know Did you see the bad War Machine CGI moment? It looked like a horrible Photoshop Don Cheadle on War Machine. It's only five seconds. I don't remember that. Um, so, I don't remember that. Why not Scarlet? She just doesn't strike me as the leader type. She strikes me as the... She's kind of like the the wild, really powerful card you would pull out. So, we need She-Hulk first. Yeah, She-Hulk would be pretty cool. Did they ever explain why She-Hulk doesn't get big? You know what I mean? Why doesn't she get big like Hulk does? Or does she get big like tall? I don't actually know. She always looks like a normal sized person. She's just green. Um, Opinions get you banned. Thoughts on Zac Efron being cast as Adam Warlock, the villain of Guardians 3. Um, Zac Efron as, as Adam Warlock. So let me look up a picture of Adam Warlock. All right. And let me get a feel for this character, because I'm not super familiar with him. Um, I mean, he looks kind of pretty, boy. He Adam Warlock looks kind of pretty, boy. Blonde hair, chiseled jaw. I think Efron will do a fine job. I mean, Efron's in that... Isn't he in the new movie playing a serial killer? I don't know. I think Efron will do fine. Efron's got the look. He's a He's got the... He's, he's got the face. I think he'll do fine. Isn't he in that new Netflix series playing Ted Bundy or something? Um, he did an amazing job as Ted Bundy. Yeah, if he can play Ted Bundy, I think he can play Adam Warlock. So, White Light. Uh, and if that's proof 
that if he can do that, then I think we can hold out some hope for Robert Pattinson as Batman. I think everybody needs to chill. He's short, though. Uh, Tom Cruise is short. Can't really tell in the movies. Uh, White Light. Since Spider-Man trailer um, confirmed the multiverse, do you think they could bring some characters back by using alternate versions of them? Yeah, they could. They could, if they wanted. Um, I don't know if they'll do that right away. Um, They may wait. They may wait, but I I don't think so. Pattinson's going Robert Pattinson's going to be garbage I don't know he's done 14 movies since the Twilight series and I've seen clips from some of those movies and I I think he's a fine actor uh, I think people thought the same thing about Heath Ledger being Joker um, so <laughs> you know Heath Ledger up to that point had done like a Knight's Tale and 10 Things I Hate About You Heath Ledger was not someone that you would envision being Joker he was in a bunch of romantic comedies um <clears throat> So I think he could be fine as Batman because he could be dark and broody and he doesn't need to be a big muscular person. Um, you know, Michael Keaton wasn't a big muscular person. Christian Bale out of the box is not a big muscular person. He beefed up for the role. Um, so. Uh, he was also in Kingdom of Heaven. The Kingdom of Heaven was, um, no. Kingdom of Heaven was the other guy. Uh, Legolas, if yeah. <laughs> I'm blanking, you—I don't think he was in Ke- Kingdom of Heaven. You're thinking of a Knight's Tale. Um, I don't think he was in Kingdom of Heaven. Orlando Bloom, yeah, Orlando Bloom was in Kingdom of Heaven. Dot Laser. You think they're going to do something to Sam to make him physically stronger? I don't know. I feel like they kind of have to. Um, and maybe that's why Cap chose him because they—he knows the mythology of like what the serum does to somebody. Uh, Mark Lax said, I heard that there's a, uh, going to be a 24 MCU box that if this happens, what's your opinion? I'll buy it, and I can't wait to go through, watch it with my kids. Um, just like Star Wars, you know? Because um, my dad taking us through Star Wars was awesome, and when my kids are old enough, taking them through the MCU will be freaking awesome. My wife and I rewatched all of them, and we I'm so glad that we did that. Going into Infinity War and going into Endgame, um, being able to rewatch all of them was just so dope. It really tied so many things together. Um, I saw so much. You really, if you've recently seen Endgame, really go back and watch Infinity War because you pick up on little things. Um, Iron Man saying what they're going to name their child, but he has the dream that it's a boy, but they're going to call it Morgan. That's kind of cool. The parallel of Cap holding the gauntlet, holding the gauntlet back to Captain Marvel, holding the gauntlet back. Just some cool things like that to pick up on. Simply Blue. Did you recognize the random kid in the back lineup during animal uh, funeral, or did you Google it? No, I knew as soon as, as soon as I saw him, I was like, wait, who's that kid? Oh, like it just hit me. Again, we had recently rewatched the MCU, so I had that rattling around in my brain. <clears throat> Next question. Doug Trocity. It has been confirmed that Spider-Man Far From Home is the official ending of Phase 3 of the MCU. Do you think that Endgame should have been the definitive end and then start Phase 4 with Far From Home? Yeah, I could agree with this. That's kind of weird if that's how they're vision- it, you know, envisioning it, but we'll see where they decide to take them. Um, I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> Flowing T-Man. Do you think that Ant-Man's daughter and the kid from Iron Man 3 that they're going to teasing setting up a young Avengers Ant-Man's daughter I don't know I, I don't I don't see 
I don't see them wanting to use her like that. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, it, why? You know, what? I guess she could become Wasp, but why? Ant-Man and Wasp are young. I mean, Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd look super young in in the movies. You know, I, they're both great looking too. Like, they're so good for the roles. Like, they just have that timeless sort of look. Like, they don't really age. <laughs> like, Evangeline Lilly doesn't look any older now than she did when she was in Lost. It's like, and Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd's like 50. How does he look so young? I, I don't think they need to do anything with them. Um, they said they tested Tony Stark's daughter with a time jump at the end and it confused the audience with a time jump at the end oh with her getting older yeah 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 that'd be kind of strange they're like Keanu Reeves uh you go back and watch Matrix 1 Keanu Reeves is looking older <laughs> he's looking older he looks like a teenager in the first Matrix I just watched it the other day kind of rewatched it so uh hot like robot have you touched on any speculation what's going on with Mysterio and far from home no we didn't I, I honestly don't know I as far as Mysterio, like, he's clearly bad, but he is being betrayed as good. I, so I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, but I'm interested, just because I love Spider-Man. I think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man we'll ever get. I really do. I, I just... His voice, his delivery, all of it. He's so good. I, I don't think we're ever going to get a better Spider-Man than Tom Holland. So... I, they're gonna have to they're gonna really want to use him as much as they can before he starts to look too old so that's gonna be the last question we can obviously keep talking in the chat about Endgame but I'm gonna chop this for the podcast if you're new and never been here before I like to do the back and forth discussion and radio style content so if you're here live be sure to click the follow button if you're new to the stream if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content I appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe <laughs>